And here we go. Here we go on this Monday. Uh, what's today's date, yo? The 12th. The 12th day of uh, September 2022, uh, 6 o'clock straight up. And you know, uh, when that happens, it is time for Real Talk Memphis. We are back and uh, so happy to be back with you on uh, this beautiful day. Uh, that we have experienced today. It's going to be like that for the next couple of days as well. But I digress. How are you? It has been two weeks. I thought to myself on the way down here today, uh, it felt more like two months uh, not being uh, here with you all. But uh, we're back in the air chair uh, after a week down. We're feeling good, fired up, ready to go. And uh, hopefully I have a very good broadcast for you this evening because we have some good guests uh, in store. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But uh, for those of you who are trying to uh, find us uh, in this uh, fine piece of radio broadcasting, uh, you can do it in a whole lot of ways. First of all, we are live right now on the air, 91.7 on your FM dial, WYXR. You can also catch us on the WYXR app live Uh Tune in. Uh, the TuneIn app uh, also has this broadcast. Uh, you just go to TuneIn and punch in WYXR and uh, hit play and you'll get us live as well. Uh, we are also going to be on Facebook Live shortly. And uh, sometime tomorrow after the show is posted, uh, you will be able to catch us wherever you get your podcast. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways to find this broadcast. So I don't want to hear any excuses about Oh, Mr. Show, did you get a chance to hear this? You can always hear the show 24 hours a day, seven days a week, anywhere you are, okay? Good. Um, we have a lot of news and notes to get to in just a few minutes, but before we do that, uh, yeah, I know you missed it, the birthday celebrations. You know the shout-outs that we do on this show. We do shout-outs like nobody else does in the city, and uh, that is because we care about you and we care about your current trip around the sun, and we care about celebrating that. But we can't do that until I say, hit it, Lola. Happy birthday. Birthdays. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthdays go out to Ricky Pollard on this day. Myron Jamerson is having a birthday, as is Lisa Hassel. Christina Riddle celebrating today. Ashley Robinson is having a birthday today. John Hardy, Jackson, Mississippi, celebrating a birthday. Wiley Henry, it is your birthday today. Happy birthday and happy birthday to Sin, that is C-Y-N, Jones. So happy birthday to each and every one of you. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, because he's such a nice young man, I wanted to shout out a birthday for tomorrow. Tyler Stafford. Is celebrating a birthday tomorrow, a.k.a. One Professor. He is a quite a talented, musically talented young man. And uh, one day we're going to be hearing a lot about him on the national stage. I just know it. This kid is really, really strong. But anyway, uh, Tyler's birthday is tomorrow, a.k.a. One Professor. So I wanted to wish you a very happy birthday. As all of you, uh, I would like to wish you a happy birthday. Uh, congratulations on making another trip around the sun. And we hope that... Uh, well, you know, if we're all here next year, same time, same place, that we will once again be able to celebrate your trip around the sun. Happy birthday to each and every one. Thanks, Lola. All right, so uh, by now, um, pretty much everyone knows uh, Queen Elizabeth II died uh, last week at the age of 96. Uh, her son, King Charles III, 
is now, as well, I just said, the king. Uh, he's 73 years of age. Uh, and, uh, you know, so they're having a lot of, you know, celebrations of life and things like that for her. Uh, you know, over in uh, Scotland today, and they're going to move her body to uh, to London uh, the next, I think, tomorrow. And there'll be four days of uh, ceremonies uh, and the chance for uh, thousands and thousands of people to pay their respects uh, to her. She was on the monarch. She was a queen for 70 years, seven decades. She served in an extraordinarily popular uh, figure. Uh, over there, and uh, now they're trying to figure out, you know, what's next. Of course, uh, uh, Prince Charles is now King Charles III. His uh, son uh, and, and wife are the Duke and Duchess of Wales, uh, and uh, so it goes. Uh, Prince Harry and uh, Meghan, his wife Meghan, are there as well, and it looks like, at least for for now, uh, folks are going to try to get together, uh, you know, and be civil as a family. We all know that there's been some discourse there, uh, but uh, hopefully, you know, this somber occasion will uh, be an opportunity for them to try to, like William and Harry, to try to, you know, mend fences. But there's a book that's coming out next month, from what I'm to understand, and that is written by Harry and Meghan, and that could open up a can of worms all over again. So we'll see. Uh, locally, in news and notes, uh, since the last time we were here, we had a rough week in the city last week. Uh, there, there were, you know, some pretty high-profile uh, deaths in this town. Of course, uh, speaking of uh, Eliza Fletcher, the uh, the mother and uh, jogger and teacher, uh, lost her life. Uh, she was running one morning, early one morning, about 4 o'clock, which she normally did. She was kidnapped and uh, unfortunately found uh, murdered a couple of days later, which is really kind of shaking the city to its core. Also, um, last Wednesday, Ezekiel Kelly, 19 years old, uh, decided that that was the day that he was going to terrorize the entire city of Memphis um, by his actions. That He also recorded on Facebook, by the way, he said he was going to kill folks today. He said, this is no joke. This is really going to happen. And right before uh, that, after he said that, he walked into a an AutoZone store, and as the man was walking out, you could see him raise his arm. You could pull it. He pulled the trigger and shot him twice. Uh, I believe he's still in the hospital. That gentleman. Uh, before it was all said and done, uh, in uh, in what turned out to be an all-day spree, uh, he ended up killing four people and uh, shooting seven. Uh, and and for the first time, probably in the history of the city, uh, Memphis was on lockdown for two and a half hours that night. Uh, as this guy continued to drive from one end of the city to the other, uh, carjacking as he went, he shot to death two of the individuals uh, uh, that he carjacked, he shot to death. Uh, one of them was at a gas station earlier that afternoon. Earlier that morning, sometime after midnight, he shot and killed someone who's supposedly his friend. Uh, you know, they were at, a, at some at another mutual friend's house, and apparently they were having a good time, and... Uh, Ezekiel Kelly and this other gentleman walked outside. Uh, they had had a dispute the day before, and uh, uh, Kelly shot him and killed him right there on the spot. So that's kind of where it all began at like 12-something in the morning, and then it pretty much happened all day long. Well, uh, they're both behind bars. Uh, they are both uh, charged uh, with uh, uh, a lot of different charges. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say uh, from the perspective that is – 
that they will never get out of jail again. They'll never see the light of day again. They will never uh, experience uh, what it's like to be free again as well. So, yeah, there, there's, uh, you know, we know that there's going to be a system there. We know that there's going to be, uh, you know, the court has to do its thing now. Uh, Ezekiel uh, is 19 years of age, Mr. Kelly. Uh, and uh, Cleotha Henderson is the one that... Uh, killed Eliza Fletcher. He's 38. I think it's pretty safe to say that based on all the charges and all the things that we know, uh, that neither one of them will ever see the light of day again uh, in our city. Uh, but, you know, now we go back into their criminal histories and we find out, you know, well, you know, he, uh, we found out today that uh, that uh, Henderson, uh, Cleotha Henderson, uh, committed a rape a year or so ago. Well, they just found out, you know, through testing uh, that uh, it was absolutely positively him. So they added another charge uh, to him today. A lot of folks are upset about that because, uh, you know, if, if he had been tried on the initial rape charge, had they found this out a year or so ago, he would be in jail now. And, uh, you know, th- this is all revisionist history as far as I'm concerned, but they're in jail now. And uh, the legal process will take its course. But uh, I don't think a lot of us will be okay for, for, for some time to come after what happened out there. So I pray for each and every one of you on a daily basis. And please be safe out there. Late this afternoon, we received word that uh, Dr. John Barker, who is he? He's the deputy superintendent uh, at the uh, Memphis and Shelby County Schools. He was apparently escorted off of a school campus last Thursday. Uh, apparently, he had a disagreement with uh, someone on the staff there. Uh, he uh, has also, as of today, been suspended with pay from his position. Uh, now, you know, he was one of the two uh, folks that were named uh, interim superintendent as they were going through the investigation of Joris Ray. Well, now he's in trouble. So uh, there is a, an investigation that's going to take place, and we will see uh, what becomes of that. Once again, he is uh, suspended with pay. Last uh, time we uh, gathered at the river here, uh, I spoke to one of the Memphis Seven. Uh, you remember the Memphis Seven, the folks uh, who uh, lost their jobs because they were trying to, uh, you know, uh, file for better working conditions and a lot of other issues. Well, uh, they were granted by a federal court judge initially that they could return to work. Starbucks uh, filed an injunction to stop that from happening. Starbucks lost that injunction. So they are they should be back at work now. And they were told to immediately allow these employees to come back to work. You're going to see a lot of unions and a lot of changes, I think, in Starbucks all over the country because of the actions of these seven brave uh, young folks. Uh, a lot of you went to the Southern Heritage Classic this weekend. I heard there were over 50,000 people at the game. Nice time to be had by all. So now the question comes, is this the final game? Is this the final one? If you listen to uh, Deion Sanders, the coach of JSU, it's yes, this is the final one. He wants to move them along. Uh, he wants to renegotiate for more money. Each of the schools get $350,000, uh, but Deion says that's not enough. That's not enough. They don't even have lunch money when they get back to town. You know, he's all about using his high-profile celebrity to get Jackson State you know, on another level, both academically and athletically. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens when you ask for Jones. Uh, he will simply tell you no comment. Why? Because there is a lawsuit pending. So we will see how all of that unfolds uh, as time moves along. 
in the meantime, um, the Memphis Tigers, who looked uh, really bad in their first football game, really bad against Mississippi State, uh, rebounded over the weekend. They beat Navy for their first win of the season. And as I uh, uh, head to break, uh, we need to give a big kudo and congratulations to someone I just talked about a minute ago. Fred Jones will be inducted into the 2022 Memphis Sports Hall of Fame for all he has done for this city. So, yeah, man, congratulations to Fred Jones. Uh, giving him a round of applause. He is a man uh, who has done so much for our city. We're going to have a good show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about a variety of things, as we always do. But as I go to break, uh, uh, our first guest uh, coming up after the break, her name is Larissa Gregory. and She's the execu- executive director of Light Memphis. So you're asking yourself, well, what is Light Memphis and what is it all about? Well, uh, Larissa will join me in just a moment to talk about that and about some of the plans that she has moving forward as the new uh, executive director and a few other things. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. We are so happy to be back and uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. you a fan of the sound? Be sure to block your calendar for December 3rd when we'll be throwing WYXR's inaugural music festival. From the airwaves to the stage, Raised by Sound Fest is a free day-long event showcasing local and regional talent. Come out to enjoy free live performances from 1 to 7 p.m. at Crosstown Brewing Company and the Crosstown Central Atrium, along with a day full of DJ sets from your favorite WYXR DJs. At night, stick around for ticketed events in Crosstown Theater and at the Green Room at Crosstown Arts from 7 to 11 p.m. We'll be announcing the full lineup soon, so stay tuned. If you want to be the first to know all the details, sign up for email updates at raisedbysoundfest.com. Mempho Music Festival returns to Radiance Amphitheater at Memphis Botanic Garden on September 30 through October 2nd. This year's fest features the excitement of the Black Keys, Widespread Panic, Wilco, Jason Isbell, Portugal the Man, Tank and the Bangas, Bobby Rush, and many more. Visit MemphoFest.com for ticket packages, lineup information, FAQs, and more. That's MemphoFest.com. Support for WYXR comes from our partners at Spaces Group, a certified Miller Knoll dealer. Spaces Group is a commercial furniture dealership located in Memphis, Tennessee and Jackson, Mississippi, specializing in furniture for the corporate, healthcare, educational, and nonprofit markets. More information at spacesgrp.com or their Instagram at spacesmemphis. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. 
And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis uh, on this uh, beautiful Monday in the city. Uh, so happy to be with you. So happy to be back in the air chair. So happy to see Lola and Nicole again. The gang's all here. Everybody's doing fine. And uh, as I said before the break, uh, there's an organization in town that I don't know how many of us have heard of. I'll be honest, I didn't know a lot, lot about it until it was brought to my attention. But uh, they are really dedicated to uh, uh, sort of closing the wealth gap and giving our minority students, uh, African-American and Hispanic, uh, a, a real shot and a real future uh, in our city. So uh, please uh, welcome to the show Larissa Gregory. She is the executive director, the new executive director of Light Memphis. And uh, she did tell me during the break that uh, she's a little hoarse, but uh, we can hear you just fine. Larissa, welcome to Real Talk. Larissa, can you? Uh, hey, how are Hi. you? Good to be with you. <laughs> okay, good to be with you as well. Okay, we're gonna see. So we're gonna see. You gonna let us see, you or we're we just gonna look at your still. It's a nice picture. We're just gonna look at. We're gonna look at my still face today, if that's all right. That's that's absolutely all right with me. Well, again, welcome to the show. And I guess uh, you know, first things first. Uh, congratulations on being named the executive director of this organization. But for those of us who don't know about Light Memphis, please give us a, a rundown of what your organization is all about. Yeah, so Light Memphis has been here in our city. I think it's a hidden gem. It's been here for almost 10 years. Let's innovate through education ah. is what Light stands for. Okay. And we really... I think, I think we may have lost you. Can you hear me? I don't know. It might be, it might be your signal. Larissa, can you... I think you're... Your signal may have gone out or something happened there. Oh, yep. Can you hear me? I got Chip? you now. Go ahead. I guess, ma'am, you, you sound good now. Go ahead. All right. So Light Memphis, let's innovate through education. Been around for about 10 years here in our city. Uh -huh. I think it's a hidden gem. Uh, we target African-American and Latinx students to build those 21st century tangible and intangible skills to build wealth, to close the racial wealth gap here in our city. That is uh, that is outstanding. And, and I want to dig in a little bit more, you know, about how you do that. Of course, you've been uh, the executive director for a short period of time now. Uh, so, you know, as you start to look at the landscape, uh, well, I, let me just back up. What attracted you uh, to this particular organization in terms of being its new leader? Yeah, so I've been in education here in Memphis a little bit over 10 years as a school leader and as a behavior specialist. Mm -hmm. And I took a step back and thought about what I've seen as gaps as far as kids having access beyond high school to post-secondary opportunities. And so when I saw Light Memphis, I thought to myself, this is a way to fill a gap for kids in our city. Mm -hmm. What do you do between high school and college? If you don't go to college, then what's your option? If you don't go to a trade school or you don't go straight into a job, what's out there for you? And so Light Memphis, in my opinion, fills that gap and fills it well. How big a gap is it, uh, Larissa, that you have found, uh, you know, between, uh, you know, what, what you've seen and, and what you're trying to, to, to do? Yeah, so we know that 70% of our city um, is Latinx and African-American and 2% of our um, wealth generating businesses that are owned by Memphians um, look like us. 
and sound like us and look like our students and sound like our students. And so really filling that gap in so that more than 2% of businesses um, are owned by African-American Latinx um, members of our community. That really is stunning. Uh, the, 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 the number you just uh, you shared with us at 2%, you know, in terms of businesses. Now, um, I'm to understand that you're targeting uh, specifically high school students. Tell us the uh, logic behind that, the reason behind that. Yeah, specifically high school students to begin to equip them as they make decisions for their post-secondary choice um, and giving them the skills to begin to mix that with their academics and their studies that they're having in school alongside of those skills of learning how to build a business, learning how to show up, learning how to be professional, what professional looks like and sounds like. Professional has been redefined within the last 10-ish years. And so helping our students to understand what that looks like and sounds like. Um, but yeah, targeting high school, 16 is really the sweet spot of getting involved, but we are chip mm-hmm. piloting a program over at the Hickory Hill Community Center right now Our program team has done a beautiful job of seeing what it looks like to engage eighth graders. And so seeing if we're not getting in soon enough with this pilot, it's going to let us know that. And so we look forward to to what's coming from that. This is really a very impressive program you have. If you are just joining us, we're speaking with Larissa Gregory. She is the executive director of Light Memphis, and she's talking to us about this organization and the goal of the organization now. in order to be successful uh, in any program like this, you need community partners. And I know that's a very Absolutely. that's a very big thing for you. Recently, uh, one uh, organization here, the Cummings uh, organization, uh, gave you all a pretty substantial grant. Talk about that. Yeah, it's our largest grant. Um, in our history as an organization, $450,000 to be dispersed over three years. And Chip, what that really does for us, it gives us space to take a step back and be strategic to meet the needs of students and to meet the needs of our community. Um, The needs of students in our community are great. And we want to position ourselves to where we're present in community centers, we're in schools, we're at community events and we're really meeting the needs of students as they meet the needs of communities. How, uh, as as, uh, young people start to uh, hear about this program and and you start to become more and more prevalent in the schools and and, and some of the other places in terms of recruiting, how excited are young people about really an opportunity that they may not have had before your program came along? Yeah, Chip, I'm going to tell you, I was with students yesterday. Our programming, our youth entrepreneurial program happens on Sundays at Crosstown High Schools where everybody meets up. Um, And we're with our fall cohort right now. We have 39 students. And each of those students that walked in yesterday Mm -hmm. was excited to get to the lesson. Yesterday, they learned about competition and what it means to know about your competition and study your competition so that you can position yourself well. And they are engaged the full two hours that they're with us. Um, So kids are excited. They're eager. They attend. They show up. They're present. And they're bringing real needs to the table and solutions as well. As as they as they uh, matriculate through the program and get older, uh, I start to think about mentors and mentorship. So uh, you know, and I know you sort of are developing that as well. Uh, how are, are kids receptive to the ones who have gone through uh, of really coming back and helping uh, the younger ones along the way and showing them the ropes as well? Talk about that. 
Yeah, just a few weeks ago, we had our initial kickoff, and that kickoff was led by Innovation Fellows alongside of our staff. And those fellows are students that have gone through the program to become youth entrepreneurs. Many of them are running their own businesses now. Many of them are using those entrepreneurial skills in their post-secondary choice. Um, but them coming back and being the voice and the face that our students that are currently in the cohort, that they're able to look to and hear, that that does something, right? When you see yeah. a peer, someone that's your age from your community, it gives you hope. Um, and so seeing those innovation fellows come back because our students aren't just with us for those 16 weeks of the program, they stay with us for up to those eight years for wraparound services, for fellowships, for internships, and for all kinds of things. That's so it's not just the 16, we keep them into their 20s. That's absolutely wonderful. And uh, God, this is a, this is an amazing program. And for people who are listening to, uh, to this, I hope that you are, you know, uh, are interested in giving them your support um, as to what they do. But before you go, Larissa, anyone who is interested uh, in, in, in being a part of this or getting their children involved in this, give them all the contact information they need. Yeah, so if you have a high school student, again, we're targeting African-American Latinx students. If you have a high school student that is interested in building their entrepreneurial skills mm -hmm. or building a business, please log on to litememphis.org. And you can find information there of how to apply for our spring cohort. Mm -hmm. We're also actively seeking mentors that can come and be with us with students. So if you have any business expertise or expertise you'd like to offer our students, you can also go to lightmemphis.org or if you'd like to donate. And Chip, we have a couple of um, upcoming events. Okay. October 2nd mm -hmm. is our Community Partner Day. It will be at Crosstown High School from 1 to 3 and 3 to 5. It's a great time to come out and see what students have been doing and what they're up to. Mm -hmm. Then we're hosting a block party um, on October 8th uh, over in the Fraser community. And so more details to come on that. But we want you to come out, buy students products, come and see what the students have been up to and really be with us. Well, I tell you what, uh, I'm really, really impressed uh, by by you and and what you're trying to do with Light Memphis, and, uh, and congratulations. Uh, by the way, I think uh, they they, thank you. they they picked the right one. Uh, but I want to thank you for coming on Real Talk Memphis tonight. It has really been. Um, uh, enjoyable speaking with you and finding out about the organization and listen if you have uh, you know I could say anything you have coming up down the road events activities and anything we can do to help to promote what it is that you are doing uh, just uh, just just let us know okay absolutely Chip we appreciate you thank you thank you have a great night thank you so much you you too all righty that was Larissa Gregory ladies and gentlemen the executive director of Light Memphis wow that that, that now see this is What's good about our city? We focus a lot about you know uh, some of the negative aspects of what we have to deal with around here, but when you hear about a program like this uh, that is targeting uh, specifically targeting our, our young younger uh, folks, uh, high school folks uh, who are about to maybe turn the corner and trying to decide which way they want to go. This is the kind of organization I am more than happy uh, to have on and to promote. Thank you so much, Larissa. We're going to take our next break. And when we come back, we're going to shift gears and uh, talk to an old friend who has uh, recently uh, gotten a brand new position here in the city. Uh, his name is Michael O. Harris. A lot of you know him. 
we're going to talk a little bit about blight and what we can all do to make things better on that end for our city. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. You know who you are. We're glad to be back. Be back in a minute. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Gunner Records is proud support to WYXR. Gunner Fest is almost here. Gunner Records yearly festival features three nights and four days of rock and roll recklessness. 35 local and international bands take over Rail Garden from September 22nd through the 25th. Performing acts include Negative Approach, The King Con and Barbecue Show, A Weirdo from Memphis, The Surfs, R.L. Boyce, Compulsive Gamblers, Shannon and the Clams, and many, many more. For a complete lineup and further information, visit GonnerFest.com. WYXR is supported by Graceland Live, presenting the American dream pop duo Beach House, Monday, September 26th, to support their latest album, Once Twice Melody. More information at GracelandLive.com. WYXR is supported by On Stage at the Halloran Center, presenting Tequila Rock Revolution on October 1st. Tequila Rock Revolution is a metal-fueled spectacle of sound and sight, paying homage to the tradition of mariachi. More information at orpheum-memphis.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, beautiful Monday evening in the city. Uh, I'm going to do a little roll call here on Facebook uh, Live. Uh, there are two mics on here. Michael Harris is checking us out tonight. This is Michael Washington all the way from Los Angeles, California. What's up, guys? Good to see you. Uh, also, Audrey Hill is checking us out. And Cousin Dale, he's in Las Vegas, Nevada. He's checking us out tonight as well. And uh, for those of you who I can't see on here, if you are on here, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, joining us for the big broadcast this evening. And uh, as we said uh, before the break, uh, uh, not, not, I, I've known this young man for a while. He's not a stranger uh, to this broadcast. But, uh, you know, he recently um, uh, got a new uh, position here in the city. Uh, you know, Mike, uh, Michael O'Harris is uh, one who I know is very involved in the community. He cares a lot about the community uh, and the betterment of it. 
Uh, and uh, he has uh, graciously joined, uh, decided to join us tonight back on Real Talk Memphis. Mike, good to see you, my friend. Hey, it's always good to see you, and it's good to be back. I feel like I'm at home. That's exactly right. You are always at home here on Real Talk Memphis. So uh, since the last time you and I spoke, uh, you have uh, gotten a a new position. Uh, You are the executive director of the Blight Authority of Memphis. Now, we all know what Blight is, but kind of explain the uh, concept of uh, what you're doing these days. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, everyone, they hear Blight Authority of Memphis and they think that I'm like the city's Blight czar or that <laughs> if, if they don't come pick up your trash, you call Mike Harris and he's going to be there. Uh-huh. But that, that is not what we do uh, by, by any way. Okay. We are actually a, a city land bank. We were established by the city council mm-hmm. in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have powers that have been granted to us um, by Tennessee code annotated that give us special powers as a land bank to support uh, real estate movement across our city. So to take that a step further, I purchase blighted properties from, um, let's see, I buy from the city and I buy from the county land bank. And then I take them and I repurpose them to transform these blighted properties into economic opportunities. Oh wow! Okay, well, well, you you went in a, com- a p- completely different direction than my mind because I, 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 I knew you were responsible for picking up you know tires and and, and things like no, that. In the city. I, I don't I don't touch tires and cutting I, grass and you know <laughs> abandoning houses. But but this is really now this is really something here. It's in particular because. Uh, we don't have a lot of housing opportunities for people in our city. Uh, you know, a lot of folks come from the outside and gobble up a lot of the properties that, that we have here. But you're doing it sort of from the inside out. And I find that to be extremely inter- interesting uh, in terms of, of how you do what you do. Is there a pretty good volume of property uh, on both the city and the county side that you deal with? Yes, there, there's a large volume. There's a large volume on both sides. Um, what we have sort of committed to doing is transferring at least 30 properties a month through our acquisition process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something we're, we're working out the details and the logistics with our partners in this work. But once we get this up and going, we want to hit that 30 and then we want to exceed that 30. And we want to really start focusing on how we're really helping our communities. What's unique about this chip mm-hmm. is we're focused on reducing blight and decreasing city expenses. We're focused on returning to productive use and increasing property values, and we're trying to build a better Memphis. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Michael O'Harris. He is the executive director, the new executive director of the Blight Authority of Memphis. And, you know, that what you just said a second ago is really the key. I mean, if you take a, a blighted and abandoned, uh, you know, house or a, a piece of property and repurpose it, as you said, or, you know, I mean, basically, you know, you know, build it into a, a property uh, that people that's actually livable. Uh, and you do that step by step incrementally, you know, you start building building up neighborhoods and then communities. And then and then really, as you said, uh, at some particular point in time, the whole city benefits from that because there's a lot of uh, revenue that is generated from that as well. Talk about that. So it's, it's actually kind of it's a cool thing. I, I, I've got a staff, you know, unlike when I was at G-Work, it was just me. Right. Yeah. Uh, here I've got an amazing staff and, and I kind of tell them, 
we have a responsibility to the citizens of the city to try to, to get in here and make this the best city that we can mm-hmm. by taking these properties and doing the best with them. When I say we have these special powers, the state says that we have these preemptive bidding powers. So I could go into a tax sale and make a minimum bid and I cannot be outbid. Really? So, really? Yeah. Okay. So according to state law, I'm allowed to go into this tax sale and, and if it's property that we would like to take and to work with developers to change the trajectory of a community, we can do that. And even on the disposition side of the house, once I get ready to flip the property, mm-hmm. I don't have to sell to the highest bidder. I sell to the developer with the best plan that fits the model that this community has said they're looking for. Wow. That Now, see, that's, that is absolutely what is, is, has been needed around here for, for a very long time. And, you know, on the trajectory that you set forth a few minutes ago by, um, you know, 30 houses a month and then maybe eventually increasing that, I mean, that is, that's a plus for, for everybody. And, and really, you know, we're economically de- a depressed community in a lot of areas. I don't think there's any argument um, behind that. So what you're doing is also providing people an opportunity to buy an affordable home uh, in an area, you know, that that may not have been in existence, you know, six months before that and giving them a chance as well uh, as uh, as new homeowners. Sounds like to me. I'll put it to you like this. When when you think about it, so we're a quasi-governmental nonprofit agency, but with the way that I envision this organization, we're really big softies. So I told you the business side of what we do. Mm-hmm. I, I told the staff, you're you're kind of like you're my my good and bad conscious because you got to keep me centered to keep us moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so that was the business side. Mm-hmm. Now the nonprofit side for me is my adopt a lot program where we're retooling it, it's about 50% complete with being overhauled. But we've brought in this opportunity to where now, when we acquire properties, I can flex our our superpowers that we've been granted. I can hold properties tax-free for nonprofits, and I can maintain them. Uh I can sell them at a very reduced rate or lease them to nonprofits. Uh So that we can serve the community better. For example, Magnolia Castalia, they don't have a playground or park for kids to play in. Uh-huh. Now, Miss Carolyn with the Magnolia Castalia CDC very easily could say, Mike, I want to do a playground for our kids. If we could find a parcel in the city surplus list that's a small lot, we could take that, transfer it to Blight. We take it and then transfer it over to the Magnolia Castellia CDC for like 25 bucks and work with our partners at TVA or Blue Cross Blue Shield and put some playground equipment down. They could write grants to then continue to maintain the lawn keep for this site. Man, you you got you got everybody in here in the studio shaking their heads about about what it is that you're doing, and and I, and I'll be honest with you, this my friend is is a wonderful thing, um, and and I and I don't think they could have picked any better person to to lead it because I know how big a heart you have for the community, and I'm 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 I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself now. 
should I pick at him about something or not? So I so I thought about it when you said to me, uh, well, you know, I have a staff and everything. I'm saying, oh, he's got a staff now. So so I, I so but so that just makes me happy that you actually took my phone call when I called you about to get you to come back on this show. <laughs> hey, I got a staff now, so I can do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wait, wait, who's a chip? Put him on hold. <laughs> but anyway, listen, man, I am I am extremely proud of you, seriously. And and what you are doing is a, is a definite plus for the the city and the county of Memphis proper. And and I mean, you're you're going to you're going to make a, a substantial difference in the lives of uh, not only um, uh, potential homeowners but groups and organizations out there because we need, 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 need places like this. We need places for kids to go. We need recreation centers. We need places where uh, there are safe spaces. And it sounds like you are on a, um, a targeted, uh, you know, in a targeted role to be able to make that happen. Really proud of you, man. Thanks, Chip. I'll tell you this. A few weeks ago, I had a wonderful conversation with Governor Lee. And I pitched an idea. I was like on my second week here at Blight Authority. Pitched an idea. He wants me to come up to Nashville and meet with he and some commissioners and other folks to talk about how we could work out the logistics. But I told him, when we flip these parcels in Memphis and we start focusing on on affordable housing, yep. I said, Governor Lee, I don't want to have to do pre-manufactured. We want sticks and bricks. We want the quality. But there is a gap funding issue here where to be equitable. The people in these communities can't afford what the going rate for affordable housing sure, is gonna be. Sure. And I worked out this really cool mathematical equation with Steve Lockwood um, and, and some of our partners in this work and found a way to create this gap funding subsidy. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at utilizing state and federal dollars to fill this fund so that we can lessen that gap and provide affordable quality home ownership and change the lives of people across the city. Man, and together we will make a better Memphis. Man, absolutely, 100% co-signed on everything you just said. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Seriously, uh, thank you for being here. And thank you, more importantly, for doing what you're doing selflessly uh, for uh, all the people of Memphis, man. Really proud of you again, and, and, and I look forward to talking to you down the road. Awesome. Thank you. So, and, and before I go, my dad's on. Yesterday was his birthday. Okay. He's very, he's devoted to your show. <laughs> what, what, what's your dad's name? What's his name? Michael Harris. Michael Harris, the father. <laughs> I thank you so much for, 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 for uh, supporting our show. I thank you so much for your son and happy, happy birthday to you. Appreciate it. Uh, Michael O, I appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you down the road. Sounds good. Thank you, Chip. Take care, buddy. Well, that was a great conversation, a uh, really great conversation about uh, the Blight uh, Authority of Memphis and what they are doing uh, to improve our city. Man, this, is, this has been good. Uh, we're going to take our final break of the show. When we come back, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk to an old friend uh, about a, 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 an upcoming program they have this week that I think a lot of you will be very interested in. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? 
or have a guest idea, then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Support for WYXR comes from our partners at Spaces Group, a certified Miller Knoll dealer. Spaces Group is a commercial furniture dealership located in Memphis, Tennessee and Jackson, Mississippi, specializing in furniture for the corporate, healthcare, educational, and nonprofit markets. More information at spacesgrp.com or their Instagram at Spaces Memphis. Artwalk is returning to the v Green Line on Saturday, October 8th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Station House on the corner of Avalon and Tutwiler near Crosstown. Enjoy a local artist market, craft, beer, food, music, and more. All proceeds support the v Green Line. More at vegreenline.org. The next round of our collaboration beers with Crosstown Brewing Company is ready. Take a walk down the tart end of the street, where soul music meets a fruity and flavorful sour beer with notes of pineapple, peach, and apricot. You can find the beer at grocery stores and other local Crosstown Brewing Company retailers. A portion of the proceeds goes towards helping WYXR and supporting community radio in Memphis. Visit CrosstownBeer.com for more information. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Trina Jones, I see you out there on the Facebook Live line. I appreciate you checking us out. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, when I have uh, folks come on this show uh, that, that, that I really enjoy, you know, I don't mind having them back. And my next guest is one of those folks because she works for uh, one of the organizations I'm absolutely in love with, MIFA. She is the chief development officer at MIFA. Her name is Anna Catherine Word. And Anna Catherine... Good to see you again, my friend. Thanks, Chip. I'm so glad to be here. So, you know, we, uh, you have uh, a kind of a, I don't know how, how often it is. I don't know if it's monthly or not, but it's Our City, Our Story. Uh, right. and, and it is a, a kind of a luncheon event where you invite um, speakers in uh, to talk about, you know, various uh, topics and issues uh, and subjects and things like that. And you have one coming in uh, uh, this week uh, that I found really interesting. Uh, she is an, 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 uh, an acclaimed author, a best-selling author, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and she wrote a book uh, based on some of her personal experiences called Made, uh, and, uh, which was actually made into a series that is being shown on Netflix. But uh, I want you to talk a little bit about that, and I'm sorry I don't have her name in front of me, but more importantly, really the message uh, that you all are trying to portray by having her as a guest, because it, it really is endemic to the city of Memphis. Yeah, absolutely. So our City, Our Story is an annual event uh, that started about four years ago mm-hmm. um, as a way to bring the community together. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly to how MIFA was started in 1968 as a way to solve common issues um, that affect us all. Sure. And so this year we're pleased to welcome Stephanie Land. 
um, who is the New York Times bestselling author of Made, yeah. Hard Work, Low Pay, and a Mother's Will to Survive. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Thursday, uh, September 15th at noon at the Holiday Inn. Tickets are $100, and there are a few left, very few. Well, that's um, it. That says something about the, but the guests. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. We're yeah. welcoming over 500 people this year um, to hear Miss Land speak. And her book is really um, her personal story. It's her her story about navigating single motherhood, mm-hmm. um, homelessness, grueling work for minimal pay, below a living wage, um, and then having to deal with the frustrating uh, maze, the bureaucracy of poverty. How do you access services when you're trying to work so that you don't miss a rent check or or miss a utilities payment? Um, how do you access all of the safety net programs that are out there to people? Um, and so she really talks about that. And, and her story echoes what so many in our community face every single day. I don't mean to understate that, but, but, but that is a very, very big issue here. I mean, we, we understand that, you know, we have a high poverty rate in the city of Memphis. That's not a, that's not a shock or surprise to anybody. But more importantly, the hoops that people have to go through. I mean, look, first of all, life happens to all right. of us. And these situations and circumstances, uh, not unlike what Stephanie described, you know, in, in her life that she had to deal with, uh, it really resonates, I think, with a lot of folks uh, here in this city. What do you hope the people uh, who are, are attending this event really get out of this, you know, other than, you know, who she is, she's a bestseller and this and that. But there is a, there's a bigger message here that I think that re- people really need to get a hold to. Yeah, absolutely. So after Stephanie speaks, You know, we're going to bring it more into a local context by having this fabulous panel of community experts. Uh, Dr. Elena De La Vega from the University of Memphis is going to join us. Uh, Dorcas Griffin from Shelby County Government. Mm -hmm. Mary Hamlet, who is our Vice President of Family Programs at MIFA. And Dr. Alpha Stewart, um, who is with UT Health Sciences Center, um, they're going to join us and talk about how we can help in Memphis, what we can do. You know, interestingly, one of the things we learned at MIFA through the pandemic was um, we put our assistance applications online mm-hmm. because we couldn't see people in person anymore. And what we found is that people are now able to access it in a faster, more efficient way that is convenient to their schedules. They're Absolutely. not having to come in and, you know, take time off work or find childcare to do that. So it's it's really important that you think about things like that, I think. I think you're exactly 100% right on that too, uh, because there, there are, there are there are so many obstacles and roadblocks in the way uh, of, of people who are just seeking, they just want help. I, I need help. I need help. And the yeah. panel that you have, I know a couple of those folks personally, they've been on this show too, um, to talk about some of these issues that are really endemic to to Memphis, and I know that that it, it takes a lot of hard work to try to 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 you know to to bring a lot of these assistance programs to fruition. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I think that I saw in the about mentioned, uh, we talk about housing. Housing is. Housing has become almost the number one, to me, the number one issue in this town. We have a deficit of 36,000 affordable and available rental units for low-income housing. Yeah, that's a lot. 36,000. That's a lot. 36,000. And and it's only going to get worse. The average cost to rent a one-bedroom apartment in Memphis today is $950. That's a 12% increase over just last year. 
we are pricing people out of the ability to live. That is that, that, now. See that that is a standalone statement. We are pricing people out of the ability to live a decent life. And I mean, right. you know, we we don't have. I've I've had Melvin Burgess on the show to talk about this. I've had so many people, you know, on to talk about. I would say a housing crisis here in the thirty-six thousand. That, that's insane. Thirty-six thousand. That's insane. You know, I mean, I, I see them building around, you know, various areas of town and this and that and stuff. But but to to have to pay nine hundred thousand and up, you know, for for just a, just a one room or a basic one room, you know, right. place, and you have a family. That's insane. It doesn't, and it doesn't include exceptionally expensive costs like childcare. Yeah. Or utilities that are on the rise as well. You know, there's a lot of things working against people who are just trying to make a living. Um, it's a very difficult time. So, so I, I think uh, on on the back end of, of Stephanie Land's uh, conversation and, and hearing about uh, her personal story. I think a lot of people out there, um, and I think that's why this is so extremely important. That a lot of people out there, you know, may may be able to to to, to that may resonate to folks. It may not be them directly, but it could be somebody that they know. And there's, there's a lot of folks out here that I know who are who are really struggling and going through it out here. Absolutely, and every and you know, so many people are just one paycheck away from losing everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. And it's just more precarious now, I think, than it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, none of us know the answer. I know that we're all trying. I know what MIFA does. And I know that that it is it is challenging because, you know, you're trying to help so many people and you do help so many people. I mean, so many people. But you have challenges too dealing with the governmental red tape aspect of this, too, I would imagine. Absolutely. And, you know, we're we're short on. Being able to find enough places to help people. Yeah. We helped almost 3,000 families find emergency shelter last year. Mm. We are seeing families spend more and more time in transitional housing, mostly hotel rooms right now, because there's just not enough shelter beds yeah. and not enough affordable housing in Memphis. Yeah. That, 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 to that's, accommodate everyone in need. There's just not. That, that, that's really tough. So uh, for the few tickets you have left, uh, please uh, let folks know if they're interested in being a part of what I think is a very important conversation, uh, how do they uh, reach out, make contact? Yeah, go on the MIFA website at Our City, Our Story, and you can click the link and buy your ticket there, and we will see you on Thursday ready to help. Listen, my friend, uh, bless you uh, and all of your uh, colleagues at MIFA for the wonderful work that you do each and every day uh, for so many in our city. Uh, MIFA is a true gem of Memphis, and uh, I am so happy that you uh, found some time to uh, visit with us tonight. It's always good to see you and always good to talk to you. You too, Chip. Thanks for having me. Have a great night. You too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you what, you know, that's a good way to come back. You know, we've been gone for about a week or so and uh, a couple of weeks and we're, and we're back now. And uh, I have had a ball tonight. This has really been a, an exceptional show because uh, and it all they all the guests have a central theme. They're trying to help folks. This is this is what it's all about. And if I left here tomorrow, at least I can say, you know what? We had some folks on who were trying to do some good things for our city. We are wounded right now as a city. We we, we are still trying to catch our breath uh, with the events of last week and, 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 and right before that. Uh, it, it was a harrowing time for so many to sit home, you know, and, 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 and watch TV and, and, and hear uh, really traumatic tragic events unfold and that all of us are told to stay in place shelter in place uh was really incredible for me 
And it just made me think about so many people out there uh, who are trying to live their lives normally and wind up in uh, unpredictable situations. Uh, many of uh, those that have tragic situations, uh, tragic endings rather. And, and you know, I, I, I just I, I sit back. Um, you know, and I, I, I have sorrow. I feel sorrow for people and I feel, you know, sad and I feel frustrated, too, and, and, and uh, even frightened for for so many folks out there because, you know, we all try to live our lives as normally as we can and do the best we can out here. But, you know, situations like this, you know, make you, you know, pause a little bit. Uh, don't live in fear. None of us should live in fear. But we need to be a lot more cautious about some of the things that we do. We can't take life for granted as much as we once did because the situations and circumstances are different. And as Lola plays this out, uh, you know, I want to thank, first of all, my guests for being on the show tonight. This was an amazing show. And if you didn't get a chance to catch it live tonight, uh, it's a podcast. So it'll be posted tomorrow afternoon. And after that, uh, a lot of you listen to podcasts. Uh, so uh, uh, find out. Real Talk Memphis. Uh, thank you all for uh, checking us out on Facebook Live. Check you off. Uh, thank you all for supporting uh, this show, whether by radio, uh, online. And thank you for the nice notes and comments that you send me. And, uh, you know, if you have some uh, show suggestions and topics and ideas, uh, you know, I'm not hard to find. Uh, so uh, in the meantime and between time, please be safe and be careful out there. Uh, for Lola and for Nicole, I'm Chip. And we're out. I'm praying for you each and every day. You be safe out there. Have a great weekend. And I'm out. <laughs>